Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 36 of Musical Connections. Zack Snow back with you once again, and I am so excited about the episode I got lined up for you this week. We're going to be talking to the legendary Pamela Morgan. We'll talk to her all about the five new songs that her and Anita Best released recently, two new musicals that she's working on, and go over her career in general. It's a really fun conversation, and a huge thank you to Pamela for joining me on Next to Connect this week. We will get to that conversation right after this week's new found releases. And we start off with rapper Ala Ben. And I'm really enjoyed how this uh, segment of the show is, uh, you know, really uh, highlighting the rap scene here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Of course, uh, when it comes to hip hop, you don't really think about Newfoundland and Labrador that much, but they should be paying attention to some of the names that are in here. Of course, we've got DK and Nate Deuce coming up in our next newfound release. But right now, here's Ala Ben with Upside Down, right here on Newfound Releases. Yeah, hop up at the coop, yeah, hop up at the coop. Whole life what I do, whole life what I do. Bitch, yeah, she love me, only love me for the money. Tryna play me like a fool, tryna play me like a fool. I hear that, hit the zoom. Real killers in the room, I got killers in the room. Step up in the party, I got bitch, who got bitch, we got bitch by the twos, yeah. Bitch by the twos, yeah. I'm drinking Henny, getting loose, yeah. Fucked up with the crew, who came in with your girl, now your girl up leaving you, bro, such a fool. No, she like me, but I'm cool, cool. Run up on me wrong, just to make a thing go pop. Got her laughing at my jokes, they all think that I'm funny. And now I'm fucking on mission, no sticky like honey. I keep my dick up in the throat, she keep on sucking this luck. And now she look me in my eyes, she wanna tell me she love me, like, whoa. Had to put it on patrol, had to let it go. Three days later, honey, had to let her know. She come back, come back, I'm one condition, though. Honey, you should bring a friend, and I'ma fuck them both. This bitch dog, baby, wish she tried to get a bone. I'ma give it to her, after that, I'll send her home, yeah. From the west, and you know that's where I ride. Fuck a fiend, I'm slang. Bitch, I drop by. Got a problem, better solve it. I ain't got time. Fuck five guys, better pull it with on nine of mine. Shotty wanna lick it, cause I'm tatted. Shots five, full range, let them have it. What you see in the videos, dramatic. Gotta say you know the rats, but they keep up on the top of the coop. Whole like what I do. Whole like what I do. Bitch, shit, she love me, only love me for the money. Tryna play me like a fool. Tryna play me like a fool. I hear that, hit the zoom. Real killers in the room. I got killers in the room. Step up in the party, I got bitches. We got bitches, we got bitches by the twos, yeah. That is Alabin with Upside Down right here on Newfound Releases. We now go to DK and Nate Deuce. Well, DK, of course, is one of the most consistent contributors of Newfound Releases. And, um... Of course, one of the many faces of the hip hop scene here in the province. With a little help, with a little help from Uncle Fester, here's DK and Nate Deuce with "About Me" on newfound releases. First of all, I don't really give a shit I'ma slap you in your face until your bitches suck my dick And secondly, ain't nobody fucking with me I'm in a section of my own and y'all are not in my league And number three, yeah you'll always see me blazing weed I've been known to burn a pound anytime the need's around And number four, always be the first to the door Don't let your opposition catch you with your face on the floor And number five, yeah that shit's a plan of its own Always gotta keep protection when you rolling alone Even if you with your homies and you feeling the flow Don't ever let them catch you slipping when you're not in your zone 
zone and number six Yeah, you gotta get up off my dick Always claiming you a vibe when you can't even keep it lit I've been smoking on these quads, white is burning from my tip Gary Payton in my bong, yellow regular and shit And number seven, always pay attention and watch Because the enemy will strike when they thinking you not I've been studying they moves, watching down from the top I'm just smoking on my weed cause I'm the king of my crop And number eight, never let them eat off your plate They can start before I feed them, they can pick up my scrapes They can have whatever's left but they ain't sharing with me Probably the illest motherfucker taking over the east as Nate do And I don't really pay attention to the chatter All these people always talking about me Always talking about yeah. me I just wanna live my life like nothing matters all the time I try to keep it low key Try to keep it low key And I don't really pay attention to the chatter All these people always talking about me Always talking about me They be talking about me They be talking about me They be talking about me Stop talking about me Nobody fuck with me, son I put a bomb inside the casket And blow your family up And number two I'm known as an ignorant dude I got a 40 and a gram When I stomp on through And number three Was born as a dope MC I melt the microphone When engineers run me and beat Number four I cook tracks people adore I got their neck snapping Bodies dropping off on the floor Number five People go sick when I'm live I got a mosh pit popping And I'm jumping inside I got the drive Number six Suck my dick Just cause you rap Don't mean that I like your shit Number seven, I'm going out as a legend Got the stripes in the mind of an absolute weapon Number eight, nobody stop my fate So keep your mouth shut when I'm in the lab with Nate It's DK, And baby. I don't really pay attention to the chatter All these people always talking about me Always talking about yeah. me I just wanna live my life like nothing matters all the time I try to keep it low key Try to keep it low key And I don't really pay attention to the chatter All these people always talking about me Always talking about yeah. me They be talking about me They be talking about me Those thoughts brought forth as well as up north Keeping it raw, nothing less or more It's a blood sport, give rest for tough talk DK, Nate Deuce, and Uncle Fester with About Me on newfound releases We now go to Trad Group Down Forward the core of the group consists of Stephen Lee Amar and Jeremy Golding. And here's their brand new tune talking about the place that they grew up in. This is my lovely Southern Shore on Newfound Releases. Sadly, 
As I bid my last goodbye I miss her hills of green Had a water mare still Where men arose in the early morn Waiting for Poseidon's score newfound releases with my lovely southern shore kyla tilly is our next newfound released artist here's red twist for you on newfound releases Stop for the night 
That is Kyla Tilly with Red Twist on newfound releases. We now go to Central Newfoundland singer-songwriter Lorna Lovell. And she released the uh, her second EP funded by Artinel titled Bring the Fire. And with a little help from Ching Cha, this is Dragon Bring the Fire from Lorna Lovell right here on newfound releases. Dragon, Bring the Fire on Newfound Releases. We now go to up-and-coming band Nerve Shack. Here's their brand new tune. This is Ash, right here on Newfound Releases.
Day mornings never felt the same Wondering why you left this way Let the past be the past for now Slipping away from you I don't ever want to feel this way Sipping on your misery I don't ever want to feel this way Running away And I held you like an open flame Burning me down to a pile of ashes And I wonder why the sky is red Burning me down till we come back down Till we fall asleep And you're wondering Is this so
from Madeline Carter on newfound releases. That is Nerve Shack with Ash. We wrap up newfound releases this week with country singer-songwriter Teddy Rowe. Here's his new tune. This is Walk in the Rain. A little bit of heaven, a whole lot of pain. I think too much, it drives me insane. Caught up in the fire, caught up in the game. Just like a moan, moan to a flame. Gotta do what's right for me, so much to gain. Sometimes to get a little heaven You gotta walk in the rain Yeah, walk in the rain A little bit of love A whole lot of faith A whole lot of standing Outside the gate When you play with fire you play with faith When the queen holds the cards Yeah, you know it's checkmate Gotta do what's right for me So much to gain Sometimes to get a little heaven You gotta walk in the rain Yeah, walk in the rain Hearts full of desire, full in lust. When you stand in the rain, you start to rust. You start to question, is it just a crush? When the fire goes out, there's only ashes and dust. Gotta do what's right for me, so much. Sometimes to get a little head You gotta walk in the rain newfound releases is in the books this week on the musical connections podcast if you want your song featured on newfound releases email them to musical connections nl at gmail.com make sure you include 
audio file, WAV, or MP3. Also include some press photos for social media, as well as production credits, and a little bio about yourself to get me uh, familiar with you, and familiar with your music as well, so that way I can feature them when they do become available. And uh, it's always great to connect with musicians that are putting out new music each and every week. Well, on the note of connect, on Next to Connect this week, I'm so excited to have the legendary Pamela Morgan. The resume speaks for itself, so let's not waste any more time and get into this week's Next to Connect with the legendary Pamela Morgan. Alrighty, welcome back to Musical Connections. Zach Snow here with you once again, and I am so excited to have on the podcast for the first time one of the co-founders of Figgy Duff, the founder of Amber Music, a singer-songwriter, a uh, folk music collector, and just an overall badass. The one and the only Pamela Morgan joins me on Musical Connections. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Zach. Thanks very much for having me. And uh, thank you so much for coming on, too. Uh, and thank you uh, so much for sending those new songs along. I got to feature them on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, this eventually does air. And uh, the fact that, like, you and Anita are still going strong after so many years playing together, you guys still have it, it and it's great to see. Yeah, but that was a great project. I mean, uh, Anita and I, you know, play together whenever the opportunity arises, but that's not that often these days because she lives on the West Coast, but... We did some demos of songs that weren't recorded, and um, then when she got that gig to do this storytelling CD, we piggybacked on that budget to finish uh, a couple of demos that we recorded, and I, so I, I fleshed them out and mixed them uh, when I had the opportunity. So that's where we got those uh, five, I think, five songs, yeah. <laughs> and they're great songs too and um of course it keeps the tradition of what you and anita have done for many years and that is taking these songs that were you know like kept for so many years and not really put out to the public and now you're putting them out to the public and uh i think it really keeps on the tradition of preserving newfoundland and labrador music and then giving it to the next generation so that way they can have a listen for themselves and really appreciate how good these songs really are yeah well that's what we've always sort of done and keep doing yeah and, and it is one of the best singers I know. Oh, 1,000%. I mean, her voice is yeah. just angelic, and I mean, yours is as well. And uh, mm -hmm. it's still great to see that you're still uh, going strong after so many years. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> well, um, just to get things started here and really dive deep into your career, um, I just wanted to ask first things first, uh, how are things in your world right now, Pamela? Well, you know, busy trucking along and just uh, um, have a few projects I'm working on right now that I'm trying to get off the ground and, you know, uh, trying and, and really enjoying uh, having some uh, summertime in Newfoundland. That's, uh, I, that's a treasure. And the more I travel, the more I appreciate it uh, where I live. So, um, yeah, just uh, working away and enjoying life as much as possible, like most people. <laughs> Oh, yes, for sure. And especially with the winter that we recently had and uh, all the cold know, yeah. temperatures that we've received, it's good to nice it's nice to get some summer weather uh in our on our side now and uh finally, you know, get it after like a dreary June, um, May and April too. So uh yeah. I really wanna dive deep, uh go back to the nineteen seventies because really, um that's really when you like got your start uh 
in music, but you really uh, started in theater. So uh, I want to dive back into that first. Uh, what drew you to music in the first place? Well, my mother was a piano teacher, and I have three older sisters, and we all played in the home. And um, then in high school, I got involved at the drama club. And, of course, with my musical background, I did music for plays. And there was one play in particular that I really loved to this day, and it was about the Beothic. And um, it, uh, was a, it was a collaborative effort, and we wrote it, and I sang in it. And uh, that Noel didn't happen to be in Grand Falls when the play was on, and a friend of his dragged him out to see the play. And I don't remember meeting him then, but he says he met me. But I think if I <laughs> if if I had, I would have remembered it. But anyway, but later that 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 year uh, we went to um, the Dominion Drama Festival at the Arts and Culture Center and did the play in the foyer. And then I do remember meeting him. He came up and introduced himself. So. But I was, as you say, involved in theater. I left grade 11 to join the Newfoundland Traveling Theater. And um, then uh, I I did a a grade 12 in Nova Scotia and then came back and joined the Mummers Troupe. So I did start in theater and um, seem to be gravitating back there nowadays. But, um, you know, it was a big part of my uh, developmental artistic journey. Yeah, and um, the Mummers Troupe is really... um... How, like, uh, of course, Noel has been to um, a lot of your plays before that, but the Mummer's Troupe is really, like, one of the first times where he's like, oh, God, this this chick is really, really good. I think we should start a band together. And uh, that resulted in 19 years together along yourself and Noel Dan and a host of other great players like Jeff Butler, Kelly Russell, Dave Panting, you name it. That resulted in Figgy Duff. So uh, how did you uh, get involved with Figgy Duff in the first place, and uh, how did that all get started? Well, first of all, please don't use the word chick. And uh, secondly, uh, Noel approached me and uh, when I was with the Mummers and um, asked me to if I'd be interested in coming along and uh, singing a few songs. And they all were rehearsing in a basement in Power Street at the time. And so I went along and started rehearsing and then <laughs> I joined the band. Wow, that is pretty crazy, and my apologies there for uh, using that, uh, but uh, I'll just rephrase that. Um, again, when he first discovered you, like, of course, like, she's really good. Uh, wonder what uh, we'll sound like together. So uh, it's pretty crazy to believe that, like, you went on to ni- for 19 years together. You released, uh, I believe, four albums throughout the span of 76 to 93? Yeah, we released. Four, there was one, the first one we recorded was never released, and that was a direct sign with Island Records in New York. Uh, but, you know, we weren't really mature enough for it, and, and it didn't, uh, didn't ever get released. But So we recorded five, and then, you know, we were spearheaded the, um, the Emile Benoit album, Vive La Rose, and also The Color of Amber, you know, within that time span as well. Those were you know, instigated by myself and Noel. Yeah, so, um, of course, uh, you went on to become one of the most impactful bands and the most important bands in Newfoundland Labrador's history. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, more your favorite memories of, you know, being on the road with Vicky Duff. Uh, what do you remember most about being on the road with them? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, that's a tough question because, you know, I spent, you know, a lot of time on the road and it's hard to pinpoint... 
what I remember was, you know, it, it's a, it was a totally different world then, you know, there was no infrastructure and, um, we, you know, there was no genre as like Celtic rock. It just didn't exist at that mm-hmm. time. And, you know, the, the folk festivals hated us because we had too much gear and uh, the rock clubs didn't know what to do with us because we had an accordion and a fiddle and all that. And oh, wow. So it was hard to find places to play. And we ended up a lot in blues bars, oddly enough. And and uh, but it was it was it wasn't like organized tours. I mean, we just sort of jumped aboard this Chevy van and and you know sitting on speakers and you know no seat belts or seats or anything like that. And and just and Noel would be always on the phone uh, trying to get gigs like as we were going sort of thing, you know. And and uh, we spent a lot of really rough rough years that you you couldn't imagine nowadays because there's so much. Well, there's the Music Industry Association, and there's there's agents, and there's funding, and there's all that kind of stuff. But we had none of that, so it was a, <laughs> a bit of an adventure. Lots lots of sleeping on couches and floors and pool tables, and lots of uh, you know, kind of just uh, wondering when the next meal was going to happen. Those kinds of things. And, but the music was fantastic, and people loved it. So that's what kept us going, and um, that's pretty much how it happened and how it continued to go for I mean we never ever really did get the business side of things together unfortunately but um, there you have it you know you, you, you can't do everything the the the, the strong points of the band uh, came out on stage not not behind the scenes Wow, that's uh, pretty uh, interesting to figure out there because, like, when you look at the industry nowadays, I feel like um, just from talking with people on the podcast, it feels like they're understanding more of the business side of things in music. Whereas, like, you know, back yeah. in the day, like yourselves and the wonderful Grand Band and Simini and all those guys um, really were just, you know, going on a whim most of the time. But uh, really, that's what yeah. made it the most fun. Well, uh, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> but it was an adventure, you know, and. Um... You know, uh, you felt like it, it was, a, they were heady times. I mean, like there was a, there was a big sort of cultural movement happening in all um, artistic disciplines, like the writers and the painters and the musicians and the, uh, and the theater people. It was all a backlash uh, against the, um, you know, the prevailing vision of Newfoundlanders as being backwards and inane and, you know, the laughing stock of the country. And, and we all sort of collectively at that time were trying to dispel that myth. And um, so it was, you know, you felt like you were part of a, a movement and it was really exciting. I'd say too. Um, one of the people you got to work with over your career too was um, Emile Benoit. Now, of course, uh, Emile Benoit is one of the best fiddlers uh, this province has ever produced. So uh, what was it like working with him? It was Right. He was one of my best friends, and I really miss him. Um, he not only was he a great fiddler, he was a composer. He he would his in, music was entirely unique. And you know, I mean, there are folklore purists who might say that he was a plagiarist because he say he composed something, but and 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 you'd recognize you know different strains from different tunes and things. But what he did is he took you know, things from his ancestral memory of, from the French tradition that no one had ever heard before 
and then um, and put and intersperse them with bits of Scottish tunes, which was also part of his heritage, and mm-hmm. various tunes that he'd picked up and that he'd heard, and and had a way of weaving them together uh, along with his own composition that was just genius and and unique. He was a philosopher as well, like he, you know, even though <laughs> English wasn't his first language, like he. Mm-hmm. He understood and and spoke and you know uh, he was really un intuitive and uh, understanding and accepting and a lot of life lessons to be learned from him and uh, he was just it was great it was a privilege to work with him. Um, I'm going to stick with the life lessons for a moment. Uh, what was one of those lessons that you took away from uh, Emil that really you know you've applied to your life uh, ever since then? Oh. Well, one that keeps uh, coming back to me that I've I've quoted, <laughs> actually not long ago I quoted this one, was Emil said, I never say anything bad about anybody, therefore I have no enemies. Wow. That's a pretty cool, uh, you know, like motto to live by too. Um, it is. And really just yep. apply that to your life because uh, especially in the age of social media, I feel like we're all like, you know, we're at each other's throats all the time. But um, just to yeah. have that kind of philosophy, uh, you know, as part of your life for so many years, um, it's really good to, you know, have that yeah. uh, take given to you by, uh, you know, one of Newfoundland and Labrador's most impactful players ever and song collectors ever, too. Yeah. Now, now uh, when you when you yourself and Noel and, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, many other great musicians uh, formed Figured Duff in 1976, did you ever think that you would become one of the most important and impactful bands to come out of this province? <laughs> well, you, you don't think along those terms. You just, uh, you know, you, you kind of really just focus on what you're doing. I mean, uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we were part of a, a movement. And um, so I'm glad that you, you're saying that now because, I mean, that's not something that you know that I know myself I mean like I I like to think that we had some sort of an impact but I don't think of it in those terms I just you know I think that perhaps we helped a little bit Mm -hmm. but not you know I mean everybody has an impact in one way or another everybody who you know creates and and puts beauty and art back into the world that it's all impactful absolutely now um over the course of the 1990s, uh, following Noel's death and the disbanding of Figgy Duff, um, you ended up forming one of the first labels here in the province, that being Amber Music. And uh, so uh, yourself and like uh, Jim Payne were really like two of the first people to form record labels. Uh, Jim would sing song ink yourself with Amber Music. Um, so why did you want to start a record label? Well, I didn't, but... Uh, oh, my apologies. I, um, no, 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 not apologies, don't. But it was it was a, a necessity. Like what happened was is that when Noel passed away, I mean, uh, it, this was a purely um, emotional decision, and not necessarily a great business one. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't bear the thought that another uh, that that somebody owned our masters. I didn't want somebody else to own the music we made, so. Myself and my partner Andre, we set about to get the rights to the Figured Off catalog, and that's what we did. So Amber Music started at a great deficit because we, you know, we had to put out money to get the masters back. And but then, you know, it made sense to 
on the label uh, to administer uh, those, you know, to keep them keep them alive and keep them available. And then, of course, there was uh, Emil Benoit, and then there was uh, Color of Amber, and then, you know, and then ever since that, anything that I've done goes under our own label. And uh, it's just it was just something that was necessary to do at the time. Um, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a business person, <laughs> but it was just something that was necessary at the time. Yeah. For sure. Um, one of the people that you really met over your career and really you've become, uh, you, you've uh, been associated with uh, for many years of your career, probably longer than Figgy Duff has, um, is with Anita Best. Now, of course, uh, Anita Best is one of the best voices the province has ever produced and, of course, uh, one of the best song collectors the province has ever produced. So how did you two uh, end up meeting each other? Well, Anita was in Figgy Duff before me. And really? uh, she was a, yeah. She sang with them for a summer, and uh, it was. Um, but she was a school teacher too, so like she she was on the fence about committing to the band, and um, so I met her. You know, when I met the Bonners, like all those years ago, we 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 met, and you know, she was very gracious, and we became friends, and then we started singing together. So it was all kind of tied in together. Like we were just a. We were a tribe, really. I mean, we, you know, uh, uh, there was a bunch of people that were um, like-minded, like Neil Murray was was one of them, and Peter Earle, and just uh, uh, Mike Wade. It was a bunch of people hanging around at the <laughs> at the ship at the Royalton and all those uh, haunts uh, years ago, and uh, so we were all part of a part of a group, and so. I've known Anita as long as I've known Noel and, you know, the, the members of the band, yeah. Yeah, and um, one of the things that you actually did together, yourself, uh, Anita, and Genevieve uh, Lear, you transcribed over 100 folk melodies for folk songs, and that resulted in, this, in a book called uh, Come and I Will Sing You. Now, of course, uh, yourself uh, and Anita and Genevieve are song collectors, and you like keeping those songs and making sure, you know, they're cataloged and uh, they're you know, put to the public to, you know, for the next generation of performers to see. And of course, Rum Ragged have really like, you know, been some of those bands, like, and especially the Dardanelles as well, that have taken those songs and really have made them their own and put them in a, in a new, uh, put, gave them a new spin, uh, I should say, uh, to, to a new generation of listeners that really haven't discovered these songs before. So how important is song preservation for you, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, in music for so long? Well, I don't consider myself a collector. Um, I am a more of a learner. Now, Genevieve and Anita both did some collecting, and, and they went out with the tape recorders and recorded some. My part in that book was just to transcribe them, to listen to the tapes and write down the melodies. And for me, I, I was never comfortable with a tape recorder, so I always just learned the songs from people. And, um, you know, the advantage of that is is that it's a give and take and um, I made friendships and I learned a lot and um, you know, you, they'll sing one and then you'll sing one and then that will remind them of another one. And then you go back the next day and they remembered another verse, that kind of thing. Like it's more like an exchange. Mm -hmm. So that was more my way of doing things. I, I didn't really ever collect as such. Uh, but I mean, uh, of course it's very important work. It's just not my cup of tea. I just didn't really want to be at it so 
but uh, yeah, that's an important book for sure. And um, the songs are gorgeous. And the um, the focus of that book is uh, songs that were written in Newfoundland. There's a few that weren't, but uh, the, the, the majority of them are songs that were composed in the traditional style about events that happened in Newfoundland. Like, so they're locally composed, which makes it very special. Yeah. Um, and uh, when, of course, uh, when Anita and Genevieve took the recording of it and then you transcribed it, I mean, uh, someone had to listen to them and make sure, you know, they sounded good and, um, you know, they were really transcribed well, right? Yeah. Someone had yeah, to do it. So that was my job. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was my job. But I, I had, like, as I mentioned, my mother was a piano teacher, so I had the, the skills to do that. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. actually wrote a book about, um, uh, you actually wrote a piano ballad book uh, of some Newfoundland folk songs. We'll get to that in a moment. But um, going back to your theater for just a moment, um, you've had two original scores feature for live theater. Of course, one for Shakespeare's The Tempest and um, one of your albums, Figured Up, put out in 19, I think it was 80 or 83. You can correct me on this, actually. Um, that that was after The Tempest. And then you also had your own yeah. folk opera, The Nobleman's Wedding. So uh, tell me a bit more about The Nobleman's Wedding, because that's something that you, you really created from the ground up. I did. The Nobleman's Wedding, um, or that, that idea came to me, and the first version of that was in 1982. And um, uh, that was just an idea I had to combine a lot of the melodies that I had learned with uh, bits and pieces of stories that, you know, they they interle- interweave very well because there's elements, you know, from uh, from many different songs that can combine to make a story. And that's what I did. And, and um, that was years, that, 1982, as I mentioned. And then some years later, I went back to it and... Uh, revived it and rewrote and uh, did some development with it with Rising Tide Theatre and they had it for I guess three years or so, did several different versions of okay. it um, and uh, and then I was trying very hard to get some momentum and funding to have uh, to, to incorporate an orchestra and chorus but uh, I was not successful with that and so <laughs> it's on the back burner I'm afraid for a while but um it is, for me, uh, it's my passion project because, for me, it was a way to um, give back to the people who taught me the songs. And a lot of the melodies in that are not uh, notated or recorded. And, you know, I mean, in, in this day and age where of instant gratification, a lot of people don't have their listening skills to listen to a ballad that's, you know, <laughs> 12 or 15 verses long. So... It, it was a way to use some of the melodies and the imagery and the language of the songs to make a story that, you know, could um, uh, keep people's interest and tell a tell a tale and put it on stage. So, I think it's worthy of developing. I still do, even though juries don't. But I, uh, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> you never know. Never know. Yeah. But that that to me that that is a like a, a kind of like a culmination of much of my life's work. Yeah, and um, you really got uh, recognized for all the work that you've done over your career, especially going back to as far as uh, the Mummers Troupe and uh, Figgy Duff, your work with Anita, and uh, of course uh, that opera you put together, uh, The Nobleman's Wedding. You received an honorary doctorate from Memorial in 2007. Um, what was that like for you to receive uh, an honor from the university for all the work that you've done over your career? Well, it was it was kind of nice at the time, but uh, I, you know, and Axel Meissen was the president at the time, and I sat next to him at the um, 
at the reception, and uh, and he said you have to get more involved with university now. And I tried, and uh, I never ever had a door open in there for me since. So you know, I it's nice to have the honor, but uh, I think that maybe uh, it could have been a little more um, of a partnership on both sides. I I tried, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but uh, the honor is still pretty good to have though and especially getting recognized for the work that you've done over your career but uh you didn't stop learning there um 2008 you uh ended up uh taking a course in graphic design for two years at college in the north atlantic and you graduated with honors in 2010 and that ended up leading to uh, the book of uh animal folk songs you, you transcribed for a piano called uh, ballads for piano and voice so um why take up graphic design um uh at Kona, and um, tell me a bit more, uh, you know, how uh, the book really all came together. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, let me see, I've, I've sat over the shoulders of graphic designers for, for, you know, for most of my life. I mean, for, you know, with album covers and posters and things like that, you know, and I always had a um, kind of a interest in painting and drawing and, uh, you know, design and things like that. And so I found out about this program where as an unemployable adult, which I was, you could get funded to go to school. So um, I applied and got accepted at the program and then went and did the course. But um, I was um, a little naive because I thought I would be using my hands and, and drawing and, you know, um, those kinds of things. But I found out when I got there that it was <laughs> entirely computer-based. And I knew nothing about computers. I knew how to send an email. That was it. <laughs> so I had to learn all those programs. I mean, when I first went in there, I didn't even know. Uh, it took me a month to find out that uh, um, a PC and a Mac were different. <laughs> so I couldn't understand. Like I went into the PC lab and I made all these notes about what I had to do. And then the next class would be in the Mac lab and nothing worked. And and my instructors had never encountered anybody as illiterate as I was. So they didn't even know how to teach me because I didn't have ground zero. So it was a really, really tough learning curve. Um, and I never worked so hard in my life, but I did get through it. And I had some great teachers and, you know, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was good. But it was tough work, hard work. And uh, my nephews helped me. And... But, yeah, I, I wanted to be able to um, design, you know, my own album covers and design for other people. And, you know, I, I still, still to this day, print is my favorite uh, outcome of that. And um, I the book was um, when I was younger, I saw I, I had a book, or I didn't, I didn't own it, I had it on loan, a book of um, piano arrangements of Newfoundland folk songs done by Ralph Vaughan Williams, the English composer, and uh, it was beautiful. It had a blue, um, a blue cover, very much like the one I put on mine, mm-hmm. and uh, it, was, it, was, it was tactile, it was gorgeous to the touch, and it was old, and it had um, string binding in it, and you know, I just wanted to make one myself. <laughs> so, and and I I did because of the um, graphic design course. I learned how to use Finale, which is a music notation program. Uh, I did become more um, uh, at ease with trying to learn computer programs, and I was able to notate 
what I had composed as as uh, accompaniments for the ballads. So I made the book. Yeah, Bernie Parsons from uh, Running the Goat. Uh, she graciously uh, put it out for me, and we did a limited edition of seven hundred. Wow, that's pretty crazy, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. it's crazy to believe. Like uh, at that point in your life. Um, you released multiple albums, multiple like uh, musicals and operas and stuff, um, and just have your own book like that. Uh, it's pretty great. And uh, another one of your greatest achievements uh, was 2016. Of course, Figgy Duff was awarded with the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Newfoundland Labrador Folk Festival, uh, courtesy of the Newfoundland Labrador Folk Art Society. And I remember it was I was there uh, that night uh, that you guys uh, did that uh, tribute, and you were honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award. It was a great, great show to see yourself and Kelly. And um, and Aaron Aaron Collis from Rum Ragged and the Darts joined That's you it. for that. Dave Panting, I believe, joined you. Gerald Campbell, I'm thinking, joined. Uh, yeah, that's right. As well. Yeah, he guessed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I remember that now. I had forgotten. Really. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. No, oh, I was just gonna say, uh, what was that like to for you guys to receive a lifetime achievement award uh, from the Folk Art Society and knowing that like. As I said earlier, you guys have become one of the most important bands of the Newfoundland Labrador folk music scene ever. So, what was it like to receive that award? Well, that was uh, that was great. Uh, I remember now that the night the the, the playing. You know, I mean, uh, the award. <laughs> I, I'm not a big person about awards, as you probably might have guessed by now. Like, you know, with <laughs> with the doctorate and the lifetime achievement. Like, I mean, uh-huh. it's nice, but. Uh, the, uh, for that, uh, it was the uh, the playing and the the, the Gerald Campbell and uh, you know Aaron and just you know the, just getting together again for the event was the most special part of that. Of course, I I really appreciate the award, but um, you know getting together and playing the music again and and was was a fabulous. And of course, Gerald is gone now, Gerald Campbell. But uh, yeah, you know it was a, a wonderful time. We had a great time there. And I re- and the folk festival was, of course, very, very good to us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, that performance that night was absolutely special. And getting to see you play live for the very first time for me, of course, uh, I didn't really grow up uh, on Figgy Duff's music. Um, I was only born uh, in the mid '90s, but uh, of course, uh, going older now and understanding the impact you guys have had, it's really great to see you guys uh, play together and really enjoy uh, being together on stage for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was. It was special for sure. Yeah. So uh, I have. Uh, go ahead. There was another. There was another. Uh, we did a twenty fifth anniversary reunion concert. Um, and uh, what year was that? I can't remember. Well, twenty five and seventy four. Can you tell? Nineteen ninety nine was it? Um, I think so. Nineteen seventy four, ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, ninety nine, I believe. Yeah. But and and uh, so we that was another great. We did an actual tour around Newfoundland, um, and of course Noel was gone by then. But my brother George filled in, and um, Philip was alive, and uh, Derek Kelly played at the at the Delta show, and Bruce Crummel. It was a very it was a fantastic reunion. But that was recorded live on um, uh, multi-track, and I had forgotten about the, the tapes until. Several years later, I was cleaning house and I saw this oh, wow. uh, box of decks. And I said, "My God, this is the multi-track from the live, um, the live show." So I brought it to I can't remember who here, but you know, can can this? Yeah, we figured out it could be mixed. So 
at that time I was doing a lot of work in a studio in England and I brought the tapes to the boys and um, mixed it and Figured Us Live is I think probably one of our best albums I, I really love it because it captures you know the, the studio albums are great but uh, our live shows were even greater I think and um, that sort of even though Noel was no longer with us most of the other members were and uh, we uh, we did a it, it's, it's on fire Frank Mara's playing like you wouldn't believe and uh, Kelly you know just Dave all of us it was it was fantastic anyway that's that Silver Union that's an album that uh, that I have here that did I did later I can't remember exactly when I mixed it it might have been 10 years later but yeah yeah I think it came out around Oh eight oh nine, I'm thinking is when it came out. Yeah, so that would be a ten years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you, it was worth yeah. the wait. Yeah, I I think so too. I really like that album. But you know, again, I'm I'm just no good at promotion. I, I probably not very many people know about that one. <laughs> yeah. But um, of course, uh, we haven't heard from you. Uh, of course, the last time uh, I think. I think I've seen you play was a uh, 2016, but I've recently seen you at the folk festival playing with Anita in 2022. So what have you been doing in those years uh, between, you know, the lifetime achievement award and, uh, and now? Well, I, I had some health issues. Uh, so I kind of, well, there were two things. I had a grandchild uh, who took, started taking a lot of my time, but also I got sick for a while and I really wasn't, um, I mean, in retrospect, I think it was uh, that I I realized that I wasn't up to, uh, you know, being in public. And uh, I also, um, you know, I mean, this is a tough business. Like, you, it's not like you have regular paycheck or regular, like, you have to kind of create your own work and you have to have your energy up to to uh, make your projects work and to dream your dreams and to force them into reality I mean it's it's not easy and I think I just um, kind of ran out of steam and I think uh, and who knows if if that caused the illness or if the illness caused the running out of steam I don't know even now but I do know that I um, I crashed for a while I got, got sick and, and uh, didn't have much energy but uh, you know I, I got better so that's good yeah yeah and of course uh, where you were going full steam ahead for like Geez, um, I think it's going on like 40 years for yourself. So like yeah. 74 up to, I think it was 2014, 15, or close to the end of the decade. Um, you really yeah. need to take some time for yourself too. And especially in a business where like, you're really going to be on your feet like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like if you take a break, you'll you'll fall back. But at that time, I think you really needed that. And I think uh, um, just seeing what you've been up to lately, I think you've been uh, rejuvenated in a way. Yeah, I think I have too. I got lots of projects and things I want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, you recently revealed uh, uh, publicly that uh, you uh, you had uh, you have alopecia. I think that's how it's pronounced. Alopecia. Alopecia. Yeah, uh, that's a result of the illness. My my illness was an unspecified autoimmune disorder. Like no one could ever figure out exactly what it was, but. Um, it, it, it made me lose all my hair uh, permanently. So uh, that's, I'm a bald person now. And that took a bit of getting used to. You know, you kind of got to, like, you have to accept it yourself and then you have to decide, like, you know, it, it, it causes one to retreat a little. 
Um, I did that for a while, and then I sort of thought, well, you know, this is it. This is who I am now, so I might as well embrace it. And so I did, <laughs> and uh, it's just part of who I am now. Um, but, you know, I'm so grateful to be um, alive and well that that seems a small price to pay. And um, I really uh, was like, this this woman is a badass. Of course, uh, you've always been <laughs> known for that throughout your career. But just to have you own this and uh, you know embrace it, like it really goes to show how much of a, a badass you've been throughout your career and still are to this day. Just like I don't care how I look, I don't care uh, what people think about me. This is me, and this is who I am, and uh, people are going to love me for it. And clearly, they do because uh, you know of uh, you know who you are and what you've done. Well, I hope that's true. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. For sure. Now, um, one of the main reasons I did get you on here, um, you and Anita, for the first time in many years, released five new songs, and you did talk about this earlier, but dive a little bit deeper into those five songs. And uh, just uh, after that, um, what is it that makes you want to continue music so much? Well, I feel like I still have something left to say. Um, now, with Anita, um, it, as I think I mentioned earlier, we uh, um, we had these songs. That, that she brings songs to me that she wants arranged, and um, you know, and I, I some some songs she does with Sandy, and some songs she does with me, and you know, we're we're both very different interpreters and players, and. So the songs she brings to me that we do together, then I will uh, put an accompaniment to them. And so I was over on the West Coast a few years back, and uh, we went in. With, we ha- I, I was doing a show at the Rotary Arts Center, and Louis McDonald came in in the afternoon, and Anita came, and we, we did some bed tracks for three or four songs that she wanted to do. Because also, you know, I mean, uh, we're, we're kind of getting older, you know, and uh, and you never know when the opportunity is going to arise again. So um, we we did that recording, and then when Anita was doing that, uh, the recent uh, I've produced the the um, the singing part of the storytelling album she did, and we piggybacked uh, these tracks on that recording experience, and worked with Mark Theater, who turned out to be great, and very respectful of the project, and very helpful. And we managed to, between the jigs and reels, get five uh, songs recorded and mixed. And uh, so I just thought that I'd put them out there because we just recently played a festival in New York. Actually, Rum Ragged were at that as well. But um, uh, we ran out of CDs, so I thought, you know, maybe this would fill the gap and people could get some uh, music uh, digitally. We won't press vinyl or press uh, anything hard copy, but they're certainly available digitally. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's really the uh, method everyone's going to these days, releasing songs digitally. Because, especially like with rise of, uh, with the rise of cost of everything, really, um, it's hard to you know make CDs and records and uh, you know really make your money back off it. Because uh, in a streaming world, um, that's really dominating um, the listenership of many of uh, you know my generation and anyone else who uh, consumes music. Because uh, the one good thing I can say yeah. about hard copies. CD vinyl outsold CD for the first time since 1987, so that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, vinyl sounds it sounds better in my opinion, but um, you know, it's it's a lot more cumbersome. But uh, I mean, I went to Robin Hood Bay with 3,000 CDs not that long ago. Oh wow! 
<laughs> I mean, we have we administer uh, fifteen titles or more. I can't remember how many, but you know, they were never going to sell. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Do you think it's harder these days to sell stuff uh, like hard copies? Harder to sell everything, uh, I think, because uh, everybody can make music, and the ma- the market is saturated. I think it's much harder to sell anything. Well, I know it is because, well, I don't know. I say that, but uh, but again, it goes back to my lack of business sense. So perhaps it's not. I don't know. But I find it harder. No, but like that's a good point to bring up. Uh, everyone can make music. Uh, I was having to talk with uh, one of the people um, in the scene, uh, Jordan Coker from Quote the Raven. Of course, uh, they've become one of the best bands to come out of the province in the past couple of years. And uh, he mentioned about um, how Spotify puts out 60,000 songs a day. So the fact that, like, more songs keep coming out day by day, it's harder really to keep up, you know, with your own music sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm just starting to try to get a handle on that digital distribution thing. I had the naive, uh, old-fashioned notion that I was going to try to uh, direct everybody to my website because I have a e-commerce section on my website where you can buy anything of mine, but uh, I don't think that's going to work somehow. <laughs> uh, I wish it would, but um, I, I'm not I, like I mean, sp- uh, uh, Bank can't give you some money, but like you know, I mean, it's it's just you know for Spotify you get zero zero whatever you get you know for a, and so just there's no money in it. Yeah, I mean, you really have to be like a big name to really make some money. Yeah, Even then, exactly. it's still yeah. very little. Yeah, exactly. So. But of course, but, you know, it's not the first time that's happened because there's a line in the Shakespeare Tempest. Uh, you mentioned Tempest earlier. We wrote the score, and um, one of the things I regret about that recording is not putting in the line from Stefano when he says, "This shall be a brave kingdom to me when I shall have my music for nothing." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hey, bye. Now, uh, of course, yep. uh, of course, uh, with the industry, you know, getting tougher and tougher each day, you are uh, putting that into uh, different uh, modes of, uh, you know, uh, art. Jeez, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Art, uh, you know, putting your art out there in different outlets. So, uh, of course, you're working on two brand new projects, two new musicals. Uh, one is called Wetland and the other is called uh, White Fleet Suite. So uh, when can we expect both of those out? And tell me a bit more about those. Well, the White Fleet Suite is the only one that has legs at the moment. That's going to premiere at the uh, Arts and Culture Center on November the 3rd and the 4th. And you probably are too young to know. Do you know what the White Fleet is? Um, not familiar with it, now. <laughs> no. Well, um, you know, when I first came to St. John's, I'm from Central Newfoundland, and when I first came, uh, in the early 70s, uh, the harbor was just an incredible place. It was full of international sailors and mostly the Portuguese. And the Portuguese white fleet were uh, visitors to St. John's, you know, over the over span of 500 years or so. And uh, they were a fixture here for all those all that time. They come in when there was storms or if they needed supplies or something like that. And so, and and the first accordion player in Tiggy Duff was Art Stoyles, and he grew up on the waterfront, and he knew more Portuguese tunes than any Newfoundland ones. And so I kind of got fascinated with Portuguese music. And um, 
Then, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, I was in Dublin and someone brought me to the National Arts Centre to see a, 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 a concert. It was called The Brendan Voyage. And it was a musical depiction of the voyage of St. Brendan uh, across the Atlantic. I forget how many years ago it was. Oh, wow. But it was, it was the uh, Dublin Symphony led by the Ilium Pipes. And so I kind of, like, the, the seed was planted then. And so I have, um, now I don't have a full orchestra, but I do have a string quartet and, um, uh, you know, three musicians from Portugal, three from here. And uh, we're, we're led by the accordion, which is common to both cultures. So this will be stories and songs and poetry, um, uh, music, you know, from both cultures and some music I wrote, some, some traditional stuff from Portugal and from here. And uh, some bits and snippets of songs, like say from Ron Hines and uh, uh, traditional songs, and this, and and some visuals, beautiful visuals of the White Fleet and the sailors and the ships, and uh, yeah, so that's going to premiere in, in November. That's the White Fleet Suite, and uh, Wetland is a is a um, is a I don't know what you call it. It's a musical, I guess. Uh, but I hate musicals, really. But uh, it's it's more like um, uh, kind of like um, you know, like the rock operas of the '70s, like Tommy and Jesus Christ Superstar. You know, like um, I, I set out to make a kind of like a, a musical story, but it's environmentally based. It's it's all about uh, you know this. Uh, it was based on a poem by Tom Da, where you know the fairy tale about the Frog Prince, do you? On um, Frog again- Prince. Okay, not familiar with that. Either. <laughs> well, the frog, the frog, uh, the the prince got turned into a frog anyway, and uh, he met the princess, and there was a golden ball, and it's it's a, it's a well known fairy tale. Oh, but anyway, okay. in t- yeah, in Tom's story, when the prince gets turned into a frog, he falls in love with the wetlands and doesn't want to go back to being a prince. Oh wow! So I've I've taken that premise and built a uh, a whole story. On that, and the the style is kind of seventies rock, you know. And I brought it in. Uh, well, I didn't bring it because it was virtual. But Tara Bruce um, Company workshopped it, and uh, it just so happened that at that time it was virtual because it was COVID, mm-hmm. and the musicians sent in their tracks, um, uh, on, recorded their ideas rather than bouncing around the floor. So basically, I have all these. Fantastic tracks from the great, like uh, Paul Kinsman, Sandy Morris, Kelly Russell, uh, Josh Ward, like all these musicians, Terry Bruce, music, Chuck Bucket. These musicians are playing all these songs, and so I'm trying to kind of find a uh, home for that, and again, looking for money to mix it and develop it and all that. So <laughs> that's an ongoing thing as well. I I, I think it's beautiful myself, but um, again, it's hard to convince funders that make them see your vision sometimes so we'll see well hopefully they will see because uh just from what you're talking about with wetland um i'm looking forward to seeing this coming to fruition (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) i hope so someday yeah now of course um you know being the the legend that you are um you see a lot of acts, you know, come and go and uh, stuff like that. Um, and especially the new generation of acts. Of course, you mentioned Rum Ragged. You, you were down there in New York uh, not too long ago with them. Um, if there is any advice that you can give to a new performer or artist that's looking to break into the industry and really wants to have a 
successful career in the industry. Uh, what advice would you give them and why? Oh my goodness, I am the worst person in the world to ask about that. <laughs> I, oh, excuse me, I did everything wrong. Like I, I have no, I mean, I mean, it's very kind of you to say that I'm influential and everything, but I never, like, hardly ever managed to scrape out a living from it. It's just, you know, I, uh, I think the best advice I can give is is um, what my an aunt of mine told me years and years ago, and she said that you should never be a musician unless you can't not be. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty uh, interesting. Uh, why that? Because it's such a tough road, you know. If you uh, like, it's it's not it's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for part-timers. It's not for you know, like y- you have to be, you have to. It has to be a calling. That's that's what I think. I think that's the only way you you'll be able to endure the um, the inevitable challenges that you're going to have to face. Yeah, and you, and you, along with uh, many of the other people that came up throughout the seventies and the eighties, um, really know that now more than ever. And uh, and just uh, now, you're giving back to all these uh, musicians that you know are really making a living themselves. And even in an even tougher kind of industry too, where like you can't really make the money that you can back in the seventies or eighties, or maybe you didn't really make that back then. Uh, but uh, it's really just cool to. It, it's really good. Uh, advice to give somebody too but um just one more thing too um if there's a word or phrase to describe the career that you've had uh what would that be and why <laughs> oh my god i don't know what that word would be uh um <laughs> i don't know tumultuous maybe rocky i don't know uh I, I honestly don't know. I haven't. I would have to give that some thought. <laughs> it's all good. But you know, it was uh, an adventure. It was an adventure. For sure. It is an adventure. I shouldn't say was. It still is. But yeah, you know, it's it's. There's always something different. You you never get bored for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I can't think of a word. Yeah. No, but uh, an adventure, like, uh, that's a good phrase to, uh, you know, describe your career because um, you really have been through some stuff, I should say. I wouldn't say um, the other word I'm thinking of, but at the same time, um, you've uh, been through a lot throughout your career. And, of course, um, you've really done some amazing things, uh, maybe some uh, some things that, you may, that things that you may not have wanted to do in the first place. But uh, good that you did them because those are stories that you can tell uh, – your family uh, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, probably trying to, um, I don't know, just gather a few, a few of those stories and, you know, just, I don't know. I just feel so, I feel sometimes I feel a bit sad that, uh, you know, like Noel died so young and Neil Murray and all these people, like their stories, you know, have yet to have been told. I just feel a bit of responsibility to, maybe uh, jot down a few things about about those times and the people I learned the songs from too because they're they're a dying breed. They don't you know, people like that don't really exist anymore. Not not as strong as it did when I was lucky enough to be able to hear musicians in Newfoundland playing and singing in their kitchens, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course uh like if you were to write a book about this, I would read it for sure. 
yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I certainly just uh, I'm getting to that point now where I'm, I mean I'm still. I I don't want to start looking back necessarily because there's still lots of things to look forward to. But at the same time, I'm starting to think, hmm, you know, maybe it's time to think about, you know, maybe writing down a few things, maybe. For sure. And again, I will read that book if you put it out, too. So, uh, <laughs> so for uh, for people who want to find out more about what you're up to, of course, with these new uh, projects you have on the go now, uh, where can they go? Oh, please go to the website. I want people to go to my new website. Um, and that, and if you feel inclined to buy something, you can go there and you can join the mailing list. I haven't really put a lot into promoting that site yet, but I intend to when I get time and uh, energy to, to do it. But I would love for people to go and visit and sign up for the guest list and maybe have a listen and buy a song or two. And you can, you know, there's demos from the White Fleet there. There's demos from Wetland, and there's the new songs we spoke about with Anita. And plus, I'm getting the back catalog up slowly but surely, but there's a lot of... Figured Up Live is there. Um, Tempest is there. You know, so the the, the albums are there uh, to be downloaded, to be bought, if anybody uh, feels inclined to do so. would love to have you visit anyway, whether or not you buy. <laughs> and uh, the website for that would be PamelaMorgan.com.org? .ca. Oh, PamelaMorgan.ca. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's, I don't know what else to say, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and um, getting to go over your career and, uh, you know, what you've done and what you continue to do to this day. And uh, really showing that you're, again, uh, I know I've called you influential and I know you don't like being called that because, uh, again, there's <laughs> still more that you want to do. But I can't help but call you influential because you really are that. You're one of the most uh, influential people to come out of this province ever, really. And uh, I know you're going to continue to make more magic. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got coming up. So, Pamela Morgan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And uh, you have a wonderful day. And congratulations once again. Well, thank you so much for all those nice things you said. It makes, makes my day. And I really appreciate the invitation. So thank you very much, Zach. And all the best to you. That's one off the bucket list for sure. Big thank you to Pamela Morgan for joining me this week on Next to Connect. And with a little help from Anita Best, this is Dreams of Nancy on the Musical Connections podcast. Oh, the dreams of lovely Nancy Divided three parts Where young men and maidens Go seek their sweethearts Isn't drinking strong liquor Causes my heart to ache And the noise in yonder valley where the rocks they do shake. A sailor and his true love were walking along. Said the sailor to his true love, I'll sing you a song. Our ship, she. Lies anchored far 
worthy one lovely Nancy I'm now bound away I will build my love a castle with a tower so grand it is built up with ivory all on a black strand it is built up with ivory and diamonds so bright it's a signal for sailors on a dark storm Thirty-six of Musical Connections. A huge, huge thank you to Pamela Morgan for being my guest this week, and to all the musicians as well for sending me in their music for newfound releases. If you got any uh, music for newfound releases, or would like to be a guest on the podcast, 
simply email musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com and new episodes of Musical Connections drop every Tuesday at 12 noon on Apple, Spotify, RSS feeds, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to tune into my socials to find out who my next 2 2 Connect guests are. And we got a couple, couple of great ones lined up for you for the next few weeks. Thank you so much for connecting once again this week. I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, stay home.